us. Start our show the way we're supposed to start it. Totally yeah, as messed awkwardly up, as, as possible. possible. Exactly. Just kind of rambling into it. That's, that's exactly that's how we do the it. only way to podcast. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. If we were organized, it would be a different show. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just to kind of keep it going the normal way we always do. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope everybody's taking it uh, as easy as possible on this beautiful Thursday evening. Uh, the 7th of October. Cannot believe it's already October. Uh, the 7th of October, 2021. Um, it is, <laughs> we are back here for another episode of the best of our week, uh, with our, uh, friend, uh, co-host Juan Carlos Bagnell, uh, AKA JC. And then, um, you know, how you doing, man? How, how's I, I, first of all, I have to say, I'm, I'm noticing so the, the cut. Out. <laughs> you got it. <clears throat> look like you, uh, you so, trimmed the beard a little bit. Yeah. I kind of took it all down, you know, cleaned <laughs> it up and stuff. I, no, I, uh, again, I, I'm trying to like, birdie. Well, and it's also, you know, when, when you've got like some medications that need to be rubbed into your scalp and stuff, hair sucks. Uh, dude, um, tell me about it. I'm doing all of that on but my yeah, arms right now. It sucks royally. It's so gnarly. Getting old blows. Um, but uh, Congratulations yeah, it, on episode 40 if we're going to start saying old. Okay, welcome to episode 40, and that's, that's the way we're going to do it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was this entire week I've been working off this head cold. So I'm going to try and minimize the amount of biology that gets picked <laughs> up by this mic. Um, oh man, but dude, yeah, that mic was doing great doing your that show. Was. Like I had no idea you had the AC running and was that the portable AC that you had on the side? Is that the one you were, you were yeah, so I've got to? like a little fan vent and then I also uh-huh. have this desktop fan and not desktop, okay. uh, floor, uh, tower fan. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. running right now, and and they're going right now, and this is sounding fine to me. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with it. We're gonna go with it. We're gonna go with it. So um, already with us on this beautiful beautiful evening, we have Steve DeRoche. Welcome, my friend. Gary, the fireman. Uh, Barry Johnson. Aditya, the man, the Mister Cumberbatch himself. Uh, of course, uh, Greg is in there as well. Uh, well, so I think I saw a couple more people. Oh, Rinesh is in there as well. And then, of course, David Burns caught us. He's like, I found the nerds. Yes. I, I, for, to I forgot nerds. to tweet. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh, tweet you, real quick while we I forgot to do that do as this. well. I'm doing it live. <laughs> Dude, I, I was um, – so just for everybody's reference, I'm a, I was a few minutes – like cutting it right, right on the wire. Um, <laughs> I, Skinning your teeth to, there, TK. Yeah, we're supposed to like do a pre-show ten minutes before we tweet out and do a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like waltzing in at you know seven fifty-eight and say, "Hey, what's up?" You know, Juan's texting me. He's like, "Hey, TK, jumping in anytime? Are you do? Are you gonna pull that what you did last night? Have you gotta wanna do a podcast? So <laughs> that that that's that's how we pre-pro." That's oh, how dude. we, and, we uh, produce Ad- this. Aditya beat both of us. It's like, I beat both of you guys. <laughs> we check your Twitter notifications. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's how oh, we let's see. do it. Let's oh, see. I, okay. I don't see anything. I, I don't know what's going on with Twitter. <laughs> I can I can neither. Hey, is Twitter down? That would be funny. We started off. <laughs> that would be the third. That would be the third. So we, we had the collected companies of Facebook. Went well, down on they they got the message. They said the SGGQA was not going to happen on Monday, so they all that took would be a break. The perfect they're time like, to just pull like... the plugs on all their servers because I couldn't talk about that as news. Then <laughs> I, I hope everyone out in 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 you know podcast land has taken the time to reset your stream keys and uh, reset your passwords on Twitch. Uh-huh. So that was oh, fun because yeah. that was a that lot was super of fun too. 
Uh, and oh, now I've got yeah. a dozen devices that I've got to like re-log into, so that'll be <laughs> awesome. Um, and now we're just waiting for it because like it comes in threes, so That's we're true. waiting for the third shoe to drop. Who's it going to be? You know, we're going to see like a massive outage at Google tomorrow. Is it? Is it Twitter? Is it going to go down? Maybe Reddit servers are going to bork again. Um, <laughs> knock. I'm trying to find some wood to knock on, but okay, got it. No, no problem. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I really need to know. Like, I wish Scoop was in was in the the chat right now. We could ask him what the Vegas odds are, are. on um, <laughs> another major tech company going down in the next 36 hours. Uh, you know what? It it would it would not be so a uh, Google Plus. <laughs> Gary is sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Google Plus. There have been so many jokes lately about like MySpace and Google Plus, and you're like, you know, the internet used to be a much more naive and innocent place, much more simpler way, easier to just uh, yeah. And you I believe anything. Scoop. Hey, Scoop is in the chat. Scoop. All right, we, we, I gotta know. I mean, like, if you if you got a bookie that you work with on, you know, what the over under is on, on on like Twitter going down tomorrow to make the three. You know, the Facebook went down on Monday. Twitch had a total meltdown, and then who is it? It's so, got. There's got to be someone else this week. Telegram me- uh, benefited the most, actually, out of all of those things. People started joining Telegram like it was going out, of, like it was. It was like a fire sale. So it, it is yeah. very. Um, it's 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 sad, but it is almost a, a matter of when will it happen, not if it's going to happen. It's more of a when. Uh, so <laughs> right. at some point or another. I mean, we remember when YouTube, you know, YouTube would go down. I think was it not that long ago? It went down in India. It was down for a few mm-hmm. hours. Um, you know, then we had whole bonk, whole bunch of bonked uh, situations here. It wasn't down, but every time we uploaded our videos, it wouldn't go through. There was a whole bunch of problems. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, that was that was only like two weeks ago. And yeah, in internet no, life. I know that's the, a long time, but the the effect though of what happened with Facebook was actually much greater because they owned WhatsApp. Um, and Instagram, but mostly WhatsApp. The reality of the matter is once WhatsApp went down, my mom couldn't contact her sister in Lebanon. Oh. That was the way they communicated. In entire regions of the planet the, depend the inter- on, on this WhatsApp. type of messaging. A- absolutely. Yeah. So it, to us, it seemed like, hey, we're on Twitter today. Uh, to them, it was like, that's I it. can't communicate with anybody. That, that was They've all much- vanished. For six to seven Thanos hours, snap. <laughs> it was it was like <laughs> who put on the glove and who snapped, and we're like, what happened? Can we resnap again and get back into where we were? So, uh, it it's definitely well. That was the reason why there was such a mass mass uh, jump over to Telegram because tell it's the communication part of it. It wasn't you know mm-hmm. the social posts and so on. It's how you communicate with friends and family, and a lot of people. I think have started to use Telegram, but didn't necessarily fully commit to it till they got th- this wake up call. I would call, I like to call it. But yeah, that was the beginning of the week. Um, but you know what? I, I'll, I'll say this: even though the week started that way, it, it had a few kind of ups and downs. Um, you had some really good uh, stuff going on, and of course, you had the show with Video Maker, which uh, we yeah, all had a chance to kind of uh, throw in a few questions in there and uh, trying to like uh, you know keep the conversation. Uh, going, but it was it was a lot of fun seeing setting your setup. Um, and then, um, sorry about the adapter, man. Uh, yeah, oh, but that was great, know. though. I mean, it, it yeah. was brilliant. Again, it's 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 the thing I love about about doing live demonstrations is something's gonna break. Oh, <laughs> something will go wrong. Cables will get um, lost and things will get broken. And Absolutely. and uh, I I could not get the video out back working on that Xperia Pro. And and I mean it was embarrassing because it was like I had kind of built up to 
this is the one thing I really do want to show you coming back from the phone and, and, mm-hmm. and trying to set that up. And, and I love it because it's having an HDMI input and a USB-C output. You can like IO. Yep, exactly. It, it's truly, it's phenomenal. It's and so I finally get to that movie. point. I've got the camera up on the tripod. I've swiveled everything around. I've got them pointing at one of my Hulk busters. I'm going to throw on this camera and like I go to plug it in and nada. <laughs> and and after the stream, I'm breaking everything down and I'm going piece by piece. Is like I, I've got to at least figure out what went wrong. And I pull the HDMI adapter because I, I needed to use – I have a a micro HDMI um, mm-hmm. that I usually use with my phones, but I had to use it because I was demoing on the ZV-1. Yeah. So I was using the HDMI on the ZV-1. I, I, I so was thinking I, that you probably were using it on the ZV-1 because I, I personally – see, I have the, the E10, which is a, basically a ZV-1 mm-hmm. for the most part, and I use the same adapter. That's how I have my uh, top-down yeah. camera now. So, well, okay. on the Xperia Pro, getting the HDMI adapter to a full size, and, and I got like all these thick-gauged HDMI cables – um, there was way too much pressure. And so even though the pressure was pushing up against the Xperia, the Xperia held out fine. The adapter just totally cranked. It was, it was like a 50-degree bend in the, uh, in the plug on the adapter. So I at least kind of figured that out, but it was also like the most reassuring way that that could happen. Like Sony made a phone. Sony called their phone Pro. They've got this dinky little connector that you plug in HDMI port to, and it's very likely that the Sony HDMI input is stronger than most of the micro HDMI cables that you would ever hook up to it. So that at least kind of helped verify, like, okay, they're going to call this phone Pro. Um, it does seem to be built Pro. And oh. I had to sacrifice an adapter to get there, but it did it. So Absolutely. That's, that's and pretty um, when I had a chance to play with it back in the day, uh, you know, back in the olden days, you know, six, seven months ago. Um, I know. Like <laughs> five. I had to, no, no. I, so I had a, for one, for some reason, I had two of them at the same time because I was having some problems with an input. But um, the main uh. thing I told Sony, I said, we are looking at obviously there, there's cages for the A7S III. There's a whole bunch of adapters. Everything was really, really protected. The one part of the entire setup that I felt was the weakest link was the adapter, was the cable itself going into the uh, to the Xperia Pro because that doesn't have any support for itself. So the cable could easily mm-hmm. bend. Um, and I've, I'm hoping at some point there's like a custom case or maybe we could 3D print something that you're able to manual. You know, like what, what I'm saying is like it's a frame yeah. for, the three, for the Xperia Pro. And then you align it, and then that way the cable has a little bit more support at the at the connector. Well, I feel like this is a you know if we want to use this as a transition, the video maker thing was phenomenal. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely love doing those kinds of workshops. I was high out of my gourd on <laughs> Sudafed, um, so I know I was even more rambly and distracted than I usually am, and that's saying a lot. Um, but but as a transition, you know, it's one of those things where. I'm I'm digging into the Vivo, so, so yeah, the X70 the v- Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Pro Plus, which is really wigging out NVIDIA broadcast. Like, ooh, oh, uh, every time you rub your eyes, uh, NVIDIA broadcast shifts. Wonk, wonk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here we've got all of these camera-focused devices, and 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 I think this has still been a glaring omission from so many of these companies that. Uh, um, with all the focus on cameras, I want to see more accessories that help us utilize that kind of hardware. I'm so tired of only the iPhone ever gets a case that you can connect a lens to. 
only the iPhone ever gets a custom case that you can put on an ND filter or, or a CPL or any of these other things that can, can legitimately help your photography. And everyone else just has to make do with these BS little like rinky-dink plastic clips that kind of really that... but don't line up with your camera sensors. And, and so I, I kind of caved like literally 20 minutes before we jumped into uh, the, the backstage on this mm-hmm. stream. I went and ordered a small rig. So Dude, it's one of I those my, metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I metal I bracket mounts for the for the E10. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, it's a cage. Not, I mean, not for one of my nice cameras. I'm spending cash on a cage, hopefully, which will support not every phone, but a number of phones. And I think this is also going to be leading me into like the Pixel Six. Um, it, it's, it's. I, I've been complaining about it for too long. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of phones not having ND filters. I'm so tired of phones not having variable aperture. This yep. Vivo is incredible, but it's yet another step into this conversation where if you want to shoot video, it's probably going to look herky-jerky just because this sensor is so big and it's soaking up so much light. The only way you can balance that is with a silly fast shutter speed, which, I mean, it's not even you know, like uh, making a joke about like the movie Gladiator where you see those mm-hmm. individual like grains of sand kick up during the battle sequences there's no motion blur we're 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 shooting like 10 times that shutter speed just to get an an even exposure on a bright sunny day so you know kind of kind of keeping up with that and and finally hitting my breaking point i got a small rig i got a handle um i found a couple 37 millimeter uh nd filters and and it's like i've got i've got to do something because this is driving me crazy and it's driving me nuts that vivo doesn't have official accessories it's driving me nuts oh. that samsung doesn't have official accessories we're, we're they long tried past that one time i want to say they were starting that, what was it one it was year. like back in the galaxy s5 era i want to say these either the five it's either five or the or seven. seven it, was it the, wasn't it, the it, six I, no, no, no. It was the seven because that was the one I was at at MBBC. And I remember going out into the press room and, you know, like after the show, and there was like tables of cases, mm-hmm. accessories, adapters, charging cases. I'm like, the accessory lineup was amazing. None of it came to the U.S. But None it was of it came. The, yeah, it was, it was at the announcement. Yeah. And more than likely, it's in Korea. It's probably in some areas and some market outside of the U.S. But it just shocked me that how many accessories was out there for the S7 and the S7 Plus. But again, you would never know. So it, 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 they do those. And, and speaking when you were talking about those lenses, um, what really knocks me most of the time is companies that generally cover every iPhone will do one or two Android devices, right? So you'll go to their website and you'll look mm-hmm. and it'll be some weird pixel. Like they picked one pixel and that's it. They stopped at it. Right. And then it'll be one Samsung or something. That'll be like a couple, but it, you're right. We're not getting the love that we typically, that that you know, that iOS gets. Uh, or, uh, uh, you know, Apple devices do. And that's a shame because at the end of the day, the reality of the matter is, you know, both ecosystems have great capabilities. Vivo, for one, is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know exactly how, you know, LG was doing their work with the, with their uh, cameras and uh, the, the advancement that they've put into their apps. Uh, Pixel is, is poised to come out with, uh, again, obviously with the GN1. There's going to be some new technologies coming out there. My hope is that we're going to start seeing some accessories to augment that performance or help us tame, you know, or provide some uh, additional accessories, like like you said, lenses and D filters um, or even rigs like a small rig. I would love to be able to because I think there was one for the iPhone. I take that back. There is an actual kit 
that well, can, supposedly so was converting the, the, the phone. Small rig makes um, the, it's it's kind of like a, a weird skeletal frame, um, mm-hmm. specifically for a couple different phones. For a number, I mean, basically all of the iPhones, and then I think they also do cover some of the galaxies, yeah. but. That doesn't matter to me. I, those are the, the the two devices I handle the least. So uh, what I'm looking at instead is that they've got a cage that has a universal plate that can mm-hmm. be shifted. So I'm going to try that and see if I can get it to line up with some. I, I doubt it's going to work with all of them, but they specifically list um, Xperia 1 Mark II and nice. Pixel 4 XL. And I believe they mention LG, which is just shocking that anyone would even think to try putting an LG in this in this cage but I'm pretty sure they mean like V50 um, from mm-hmm. when the the small rig cage was was made so I'm gonna give it a try and I'm hoping that if I do that I'll probably need to custom rig some rubber washers just to mm-hmm. make sure that the uh, the bayonet actually does kind of seal a little bit mm-hmm. more against the rear of, of most phones um, if I can get an ND filter on this Vivo, um, it will dramatically improve, I think, the quality of a lot of the video that you might want to shoot from a phone like this, especially when you kick it down to 24p, you shoot mm-hmm. it in log, and then you have great control over your ISO and shutter speed. I mean, like, that that to me sounds like, like this this could be a 21st century Bolex. The, the, the main image sensor on this phone is roughly the size of a 16 millimeter film frame. And if you've ever seen, you know, all of the phenomenal indie films that have been shot on 16 millimeter. Yep. Black Swan was shot in part in 16 millimeter. Leaving Las Vegas is shot 16 millimeter. Um, so many, uh, you know, Clerks, <laughs> not a great looking movie, but it was shot in 16 millimeter. Um, there, there are so many things that we could be doing here uh, where a thousand dollar phone could, could be. Um, I think the correct choice is a starter filmmaking solution. But the thing that's killing me is like, I, I have no control over this aperture. I don't have accessories that can give me any better control. Mm-hmm. And if I can't make something work with some of these adjustable parts and pieces, then um, I mean, it, it kind of reinforces like, well, I guess you should only buy iPhones. But I don't want to play that game. I want to at least see if there's some kind of solution that. I, the image sensor on this is twice the surface area of an iPhone 13. I mean, like, it's just insane what we're packing into these devices right now. So, Oh, absolutely. And uh, speaking of cameras, since it's been what you're focusing on for the last, I think I'd say maybe a couple of weeks now since you've, since you've received the, the Vivo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I've been, it's taken a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, there is a lot to cover, too. It's not like it's just a little bit. Uh, it, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, now, one thing I would probably say is the approach to Vivo's uh, technology, which is I didn't get a chance to ask you last week. Uh, sure. How does it compare to LG's approach to camera? Uh, like when we talk of V60 uh, type of experience versus uh, Vivo, you know, X70 Pro Plus XYZ kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, do you think that it's if somebody using, using an LG is going to be somewhat proficient or has a little bit of an edge going in? Or is it so different that it you have to kind of relearn everything? Yes to both. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. Um, mm-hmm. If you've shot on an Xperia, if you've shot on an LG, or if you've really tried to dig into the manual, the pro modes on a Samsung, mm-hmm. um, you'll be better prepared for what's going on with the Vivo. Um, 
I, I kind of keep, keep thinking of phones as like a spectrum. There's a spectrum okay. of like average consumer to full standalone production grade camera for smartphones. And I still feel like Sony's occupy the most standalone camera-like feel on the market. So you go from oh. an A7 to an Xperia. It, I mean, it's it's literally like a one-to-one. Your menus even look similar. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, Xperia, yeah, they brought in the alpha team. <laughs> it was not so, a question. Yeah. At the pixel level where it just works and you push a shutter button and you get HDR vibrant colors, um, Samsung, I feel, is closer to that end of the spectrum. I feel what they're trying to accomplish is impressing people on social media. And there are some pro modes that you can get more use out of that camera. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like Samsung's focus. LG felt like you just tipped over to the manual modes being kind of the proper, correct way to use LG cameras. Mm -hmm. And they're auto HDR stuff always felt like a gen behind like Samsung. Okay. Um, and then in between LG and Sony, I got to slot the vivo somewhere in there. Um, I I feel like Sony's, you know, sort of pro camera apps are, are much more accessible and way less distracting. There's less stuff on your viewfinder. Mm -hmm. Even though there's a a bunch of things on the screen, when you're really looking at your composition window, it it is so much more accessible. It is so stark. And the information is so camera-like that you can immediately get into composition. And I don't think Vivo... I think Vivo is a lot more cluttered. There are so many things that you're interacting with and so many alternate modes to achieve things and so many background menus. But there's still, ultimately, I think, a greater focus on giving the user exacting controls mm-hmm. versus like the least successful aspects of the phone, I think are like the full auto HDI, auto HDR sure. AI stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, like it, it, I think, you know, we kind of talked about this for me to shoot one sample photo from one camera lens and get samples of a setup that occupy all of the different flavors of HDR and the two different flavors of raw files, mm-hmm. um, I'm shooting eight to 10 photos per camera sensor in every setup (laughs) that that I'm doing on this phone. And there are four functional camera sensors. So if I were literally trying to accomplish, you know, like a true comparison of Zeiss color versus HDR versus Zeiss color and HDR off versus HDR on and Zeiss off versus Zeiss on and HDR off versus super raw versus regular raw Mm -hmm. and regular raw with Zeiss on and regular raw with Zeiss off. I got to do that 40 times. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta catch her. I'm, I'm just hoping you find photos. the recipe at the end of this. Which one? Which one do you feel like would be the the best? Uh, <clears> you know, <throat> kind of like combination of HDR, Zeiss color, AI mode, and all well, those things. But 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 what I what I like, and and this is this is why I'm always going to be super pissy about other other tech reviewers reviewing cameras, but then only shooting full out of the box auto settings. Um, it's taken me over a week, but I'm starting to get a feel for, hey, if I want it to look like this and I'm in auto and I just tap this Zeiss button, I've got a reasonably good handle on, okay, I think it's going to do this with color. I think it's going to lean into this for processing. I think it's going to try and accomplish this with brightness. Mm-hmm. And the more you shoot with it, 
the better you start predicting like how the phone is going to handle. So it's not just random farting unicorn puke, you know, in all these different color modes. Like there's a lot of thought that goes into what Zeiss color is going to do versus pure regular HDR. And once you start anticipating that, like I feel mm-hmm. you really start getting a lot more out of this camera. And then you're just further rewarded when you start getting into like shooting raw. Um, the Super Raw is very much like Apple Pro Raw, where it's a computational stack mm-hmm. of images that are then repackaged into a DNG. Philosophically, not a raw file, because obviously some kind of manipulation has this happened has to your image. But the dynamic range is incredible. I mean, like, I might as well just, we might as well just consider DNG files like next gen TIFF files. Like, there's just so much information for you to play with. And then you get into video. And, and, and I do feel like there are still some sticky bits in the software, especially with some of the, uh, uh, some of the blocky H.264 uh, mm-hmm. compression, some of that codec compression. But then the HEVC is, like, surprisingly sharper and clearer. So, you know, like, you've got to take the time, you've got to invest the energy into kind of figuring out where the phone fits your workflow. But it is so adaptable that it's not like you have to fit into Apple's ecosystem to use an iPhone the Vivo is a really steep learning curve, but it should fit your workflow and adapt to your workflow. I don't think as gracefully as the Sony, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's as easy to use, especially for like uh, vloggy stuff. Like when I would just take an LG, flip it around, shoot 4K video, talk right into the back of the camera, uh, right into the back of the phone, mm-hmm. not have to worry about composing my shot just because it was like so easy to get going on an LG. I don't think the Vivo is as seamless as either of those, but it does offer something incredibly unique. And mm-hmm. then it's just the brute force approach of having a camera sensor that is now starting to rival film frame. I mean, that, that to me is, is just a mind, uh, is such a satisfying combination and it blows my mind. Um, is it the on same the main sensor on, on both the Pro and the Pro Plus? No. That's right. A, remember you said that, yeah. Yeah, so the Pro uses, I forget what it is, I, I believe it's one of the larger Sony pixel binning sensors, but the Pro actually gimbal stabilizes the main sensor, mm-hmm. the Pro Plus gimbal stabilizes the ultra-wide. And so that is also another one I, of these I feel like, like it's a better choice to, differences. Yeah, it's a better choice to stabilize the ultra-wide, especially because it's already going to look smoother anyway, because it's yeah. the field of view, yeah. Exactly. And, and you can always crop in from an ultra wide as opposed to where you're in this. So no, I, 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 I've been writing, I started writing on Tuesday. I'm almost done now. And I'm uh, just under 7,000 words on my camera review wow. for only the pro plus. <laughs> almost. Two I, 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 I don't know how to make it shorter. <laughs> There's, so much to cover. I, I think I think most people that are interested in that level of detail will not want you to have it any shorter. But I, I understand what you mean. You're you're thinking about like how do I make this consumable to you know to the masses? And I think typically what you've done in the past, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, at least is you would do a small like a video re- referencing some of that content. But if you're going straight, uh, you know, an editorial on this. Um, you know, I think it's worth it for somebody that's considering a device that's a thousand dollars for the capabilities that it offers. They should be able to figure out what it can do, um, and 
it's one of the reasons why a lot of people, if you're listening to this, obviously for the first time, please make sure to check out Juan's uh, Patreon. This is one of his ba- big babies and something that he he really enjoys doing. As you could see, uh, just from if you're listening to the last few minutes of it, you know. Yeah. So definitely make sure well, to check it out, and hopefully, and and it and it definitely support. like I am definitely making a statement by going this hard on the vivo because there is something special here there there are definitely some pain points and and vivo needs to address some software issues but i mean this should be getting people critically excited for pixel 6 the gn1 is a monster of a camera sensor and i think it does properly address some of the issues that i've had with the samsung ultras especially for things like autofocus performance the depth of field is incredible uh, the low light performance is remarkable. Mm-hmm. These cameras struggle in bright light. I yeah. mean, we're now pushing the opposite side of this physics envelope, and now we need to address like reining in light and controlling light, and and, yep. and kind of painting with that. And and at the same time, I also feel like these are exactly the kinds of phones that get dismissed. Or they they get poorer scores when you go to certain review outlets that only deal with a single number score that ranks the camera. And the only way that they'll ever review cameras is by full auto HDR because average consumers. Um, And and that to me is total BS. I mean, it is intellectually dishonest. I feel it is lazy. I feel It it is a way to rig your review so that you can make sure iPhones and Pixels always win even though this isn't a contest, there is no winner camera. There is only the camera that best satisfies your needs. Your needs. And, okay. I don't, and I don't care how, how good a third-party app might be. When we're talking about the software-hardware integration that comes directly from the manufacturer, that has an advantage over trying to fulfill everything by, oh, I can just put Filmic on there. doesn't work yeah, yeah. all the time. So I, I, I have to have this long form conversation. This is going to be probably like a 40 minute, maybe a 45 minute camera review. Um, and only on one phone, I'm still going to have to figure out something to say about the, the, the X70 pro. Um, but if, if I feel like if we don't properly acknowledge what real competition looks like, especially when it comes with such uniquely different pros and cons, then we're not really doing our jobs. We're not really tech fans. We're not really tech enthusiasts. We're just we're just fanboys and shills for whatever company is going to make us the most money on YouTube. And I feel and too many reviewers fall into that hack trap and, and completely disregard this. If I hear one more techie say things like, oh, well, if you're really serious, you'll go and get a mirrorless camera. Like, do you, do you realize how Marie Antoinette that sounds? Like, oh, well, I only, I only use $10,000 worth of camera equipment to shoot my crispy B-roll. Just don't be poor if you want to be an aspiring filmmaker. And again, I'm looking at, like, my grandfather's 8mm film reels. I'm looking, I can't find it, but I had a, a project in high school. It's the only time I ever shot film. Super short project, it's like two minutes long, but we shot it in 16 millimeter and it was really expensive to get that produced. And, and now I'm, there, there, there is a pocket supercomputer mm-hmm. that is now achieving a sensor size that is close to 16 mil. And you're like, this should be someone's starter camera to shoot their film projects. If you're, if you're an aspiring filmmaker, a film student of any age, why would you start 
by spending three thousand dollars on a camera body and you know six thousand dollars yeah for, no, no for exactly you, you you really this is a thousand dollars and mm-hmm. has the storage built in. You don't even need to buy a memory card, you know, like if you want to get your project started. So uh, storage to, is to always a big, uh, yeah, no, no, definitely. I think it's it's one of those combinations that you always need to make sure, especially with devices that have these type of sensors, you do need a lot of storage, um, especially if one needs to do 10, 10 different shots per, uh, just for every single scene, just to kind of get everything in the right frame. Um, Josh Quinones has joined us. Uh, again, oh, hey. there, kicking it with us. Um, oh, Tech Lab and Mama jumped in. I missed her. Yes. Everyone say, hey, Tech Lab and Mama. Hey, Tech Lab and Mama, how are you doing? Hold on, let me see. I think, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, here, here she is. Hey, everyone, say hi. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, I, I think I'm still like super amazed. I, I'm, I'm, re- I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm like counting the minutes, but I can't wait till you're done <laughs> with your, the, your work on stuff because at some point I am going to basically just drive up, snag that phone and run away and, and uh, maybe try to play with it a little bit because I... The reality is, oh, it, it's a the, trip. The yeah. 11 Ultra for me right now, uh, the Mi 11 Ultra has been one of the best sensors on a device that I've had so far. Like by comparisons to some of the other devices that I have, uh, I still think it has one of the better sensors that I've I've gotten my hands on and been able to play with, especially for uh, the capabilities that we have in there. Although. I feel like Xiaomi either is no longer trying to focus on improving it as much as they were at the beginning when it was originally launched, um, or maybe they're just working on the Mi, you know, Mi 12 Ultra or something like that. But for me, it literally is. That's one one of the reasons why I'm excited for the for Pixel Six or Pixel Six Pro. And yeah. uh, you know, we're literally about what is it? Today is the seventh. We're about what? Well, it, it's always got to be a part of the conversation because I was an LG fan, so front loading think- that. I, I I have to say things like. I appreciate, I'm a hardware over software kind of guy. Always, always. But it was always a pain point on LG knowing that you would be lagging behind on software updates. They got way better. They, I mean, they never really did get enough credit for their security patches and uh, they, some of their yeah. little intermittent bug fixes. But mm-hmm. you always knew if you were rational and you didn't just write the company off, you were making a choice. I was making a choice for LG hardware and accepting what their software situ- situation was going to be. And I kind of feel... There's something about Xiaomi where you can't achieve their hardware pricing without some compromises somewhere else. So even though the phone is called Ultra, and we should expect a certain level of support, care, and attention, I don't get the sense from them that their long-term goals really lean into the kind of conversation we would also expect from a Pixel. You know, mm-hmm. so a Pixel, I know I'm going to be making some hardware compromises, but I should be making those hardware compromises to receive the the soonest and most immediate attention from the company that makes the uh, operating system. Before before um, we kind of move around here, for Steve, because mm-hmm. he was making fun of how long it takes me to produce a camera review, um, I actually do have a terribly composed shot of a fire hydrant that I took as, as part of like some of my night mode tests. So, uh, you know, if, if you needed to see a, a fire hydrant under terrible, ugly yellow lighting, um, then yes, I, I will have one of those for you. So I just <laughs> didn't want you to feel like I was, I was slacking off on my camera review duties. Um, we, there will be bad fire hydrant shot. I know that is, that is such a classic staple of smartphone camera reviews is you've got mm-hmm. to take 
a terrible photo of some random inanimate object that you can see from your porch. So I wanted to make sure I was giving everybody the full YouTuber camera experience. Always, and, and, always. And there it is. Low light. So, uh, so that was from the V70? The, uh, the yeah, that was the Pro the Plus. X70, the Pro Plus. Actually, it wasn't too bad. The, the sharpness was actually pretty yeah, good, pretty even good. though, in, yeah, uh, considering like some of the samples you use at the video maker when you were doing the video outdoors, um, I forgot what device. Oh, no, no, you were, you, was the all of the B roll for the, the shots that you showed from the when you did it from the mobile, uh, from a smartphone? Was it from the Pro or was it a different device? Because I know you were using the, uh, Oh, the Xperia. Yeah. The Xperia. Okay. So the, so, so yeah, be, be, uh, my, I, my setup there and I wish, so if, if I had been more sober, um, I w- probably would have asked like not to do interjected Q and a the way that video makers set it up, um, on, on, on our kind of rehearsal period, they explain mm-hmm. like, Hey, and we'll, we'll just jump in with there are any great questions. And, and really on the day, I should have asked not to just because I was a little too scattered and it threw me off enough that I never got back to explaining things. But the setup that I used to capture those A-B shots. So I was shooting a smartphone selfie camera against a Sony A7 III, uh, <laughs> A7S III. So obviously, I'm pretty sure everyone in this chat can guess which camera would win in that showdown. Um, but yeah, everything was done in that setup where I would have been using the pro to facilitate external monitor and to be the, okay. uh, the modem, uh, for, for the camera for the too. Okay, so okay. It, the, and as we all know, the, the Sony selfie shooters are okay ish. They're not I, okay-ish, terrible. I was going to say okay ish at, at best, but yes, uh, they're often not pointed to as being the best options. And especially on the Xperia pro, the selfie camera is not the point of that phone. It, it, so they they definitely chose to keep the same sensor. I think it was a lot of people's hope is that uh, the front facing camera would get some love, uh, but I think Sony's like, nah, we're going to focus on what we do best, and we're going to focus no. on the camera sensors in the back, and we're going to give you two telephoto no. uh, focal lengths. You know, why why get one yes. from uh, one sensor? So I I totally I'm totally with the uh, the. The philosophy of what Sony's trying to do, um, and I remember the first time you told me, you said TK, your A7S III does not have a front-facing camera. As, does it have a front-facing camera on the back? Do you have a camera pointed at you? No, it's the other camera. That's the one they care about. That's the one they want you to use. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I asked that question mostly because I know a lot of people like to vlog and they like to use the front-facing camera for that experience, and it, it totally makes sense. But when you're trying to document, when you're trying to basically be the the content creator, uh, you, this is where devices like the X, uh, you know, the X70 Pro Plus or the X70 or the mm-hmm. Xperia One Mark III, Mark II, Five Mark II, Five Mark III. Yeah, all, I mean, in, and, included. And I still have my my one and my two, like within arm's reach. My uh, my so. Xperia One One and One Two One 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 Two. Um, I, again, I've given up. I call them, I, I just talk about them like Iron Man armors. Yeah, my so Mark I, One, Mark I, Two. I've got a Mark One. I've got a Mark Two. It's great. I'm still. Dude. I'm sad because I I had gone through these this dance of like trying to order the Mark Three, and then speaking with Sony PR about mm-hmm. maybe getting a loaner, and that was a thing. So I pushed pause on. And and now it's just like this is this is getting silly. I should have just bought it. I was gonna say, and then Duo showed up, and then Fold showed up, but it's. You know what? I'll, I'll say this: uh, the the Xperia One Mark III for me, which is the weirdest part. Although it, I, I love the cameras on it, 
I'm, I was, I could never get over that display. Mm-hmm. The, the display it's is so, it's like, it's brilliant. It's amazing. Great for gaming. Like they gave us gaming <laughs> on a 4k panel, man. That, Sorry, I that, just caught Gabaletta's comment though. But one, don't you know that it's okay to gloss over terrible selfie cameras if it's half-assed hidden on a foldy phone? I've heard so many. It is not hidden. Don't don't let. I've heard so many of our friends though that have done the. Well, you see, it's different on a Samsung because reasons. And you're like, I guarantee you, if this had been like some kind of LG project, you would be savaging that right now. There would be. You would not be subtle. Written over the camera. Yeah. And 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 you would have videos with your with your you know head in your forehead in your hand talking about oh woe is this phone and how could anyone possibly buy it because average consumers and selfie cameras and here it's like well but it's good that Samsung is innovating because you got to give it like three or four generations and people need to go out and buy and support it so that it will get better and you're like you 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 you. I, you yep, could not yep. be showing me that you are more manipulated by algorithms and ad revenue right now. Hey, do you want to see a really uh, wacky photo of my eyeball from the, the from the Pro Plus? You know, if we're going to do Squid Games, let's go full bore Squid Games. Yeah, let's go. Okay, hold on. Uh, switching you yeah, back yeah. into the right frame. So now we're playing uh, Tetris as uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm this. I'm calling this my my Eon Flux photo here. And uh, oi! boom. Okay, Quan, I can tell you right now, you have some squiggly lines. You have audio, uh, you have an audio meter built into your eyes now? Or what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, macro modes are fun, man. I mean, it's a good thing Apple finally invented it because all these other phone manufacturers that have been doing it for years. I, I was um, worried. This is good I times. was very concerned when macro was going to become a thing. Um, so for everybody <laughs> listening to the show, uh, we had a very, very close look at Juan Carlos's Iris. Um, and we were able to see how he was called, how he got the name. Some the topography guy. of oh, all of the guy. fibers of my iris. No, no, you had like one, one, one of the little lines in there was like, it's almost like, yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm regularly guy. in bloodshot eye uh, <laughs> conditions. So, oh my God, that, that was a good one. So, uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It was definitely a very close and personal look at Juan Carlos's eyeball. Uh, no, it was definitely, it was really <laughs> very jealous. was like, what? What did we see? Yeah. It, <laughs> um, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't help that. I mean, again, it was like, so see, that's now, me you know shooting it blind because it's right? off the ultra wide. So um, I'm shooting it blind and I have my, uh, I have my OnePlus just on as the flashlight. That's why you see such hard light coming off, off the side. But the fact that I could just do that blind using the volume. No, I, I use the voice shutter. So I'm saying cheese. <laughs> like See, now you're making me want to try and actually try, I want to try using my uh, the Find X3 Pro because this has a microscope mode. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm, do okay, it. I, I'm going to have to try it. So I'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll if it comes out and it turns out decent, I'll I'll post it on Inst- uh, on Instagram tomorrow or later tonight or something like that. Uh, but it's and not easy. And, it and again, is not I, I'm, easy getting that lens that that sensor. There, there, there was a there was a story on the Discord. Um, someone posted about a doctor just saying like, "Oh wow, now that iPhones have this macro capability, it's going to revolutionize um, uh, eye care." 
mm-hmm. because you know we can now get uh, macro photography to start looking at conditions in the eye, and, and we can yeah. do this in, in ways that can go out into the field. We don't always have to bring people into hospitals and stuff to, to check this stuff out, and, and I appreciate that. I know Apple products seem to move these conversations more than any other company can, yeah. but is an iPhone really the the cost saving solution to do this kind of photography work when i mean what we saw this in its earliest incarnations back what one plus seven era the what was it, the huawei what was the first huawei that did a macro close focus was it the p30 uh i don't yeah. remember but anyway it's been yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. Years. yeah no it's been it's been a few so yeah it's been a minute so so again i mean like I, I, I love it when Apple does ProRes and we get all these people who are interested in trying to utilize more of their phone features or, or utilize more of their phone hardware. But so often they've all, I mean, again, it's like, you know, you didn't have to wish for brains, Scarecrow. They were in you all along. Long, yes. Oh, Dumbo, you didn't need the magic feather to fly. You could have always flapped your ears to take off. I mean, it's it, it, it's it's the one part it's so empowering and exciting when this conversation finally does evolve. But at the same time, when it's only hinged in this, like, Apple-centric media environment, we, we completely lose sight of, like, these were solutions that people could have been utilizing for two or three years now. Oh, and, absolutely. and it's great. I'm I'm glad people are figuring it out now. But if you really did care about these features and democratizing them, especially on phones that aren't as expensive as iPhones, then I feel we've kind of missed some of that conversation before that we could have been getting people up to speed sooner. It it's it is it is a very interesting approach where like you said Apple seems to be inventing things that have been around, but I will say this much um, on Android devices or other smartphones for some time, we had a weird mishmash of, dev- of uh, approach to macro photography. Uh, we, we, we always used to get these two megapixel, you know, four mega two like some weird sensor combination that they would put in there. And it wasn't even focused on that. It was almost more about uh, the number of lenses. Uh, but then there were some also some companies that decided to do it the right way, which is not even use a macro lens and actually using the ultra wide, because you're able yeah. to achieve so much of that uh, closer focal. You know, you're able to get so close to the subject and get that clearer shot. Um, and you, and well, that's why the One Plus Eight kind of felt like sort of a step back in some regards to the One Plus Sevens was because of some of those camera changes. It, it was a it was a different yeah no definitely the Eight Pro for sure. I felt like it was uh, more uh, more of an improvement, but that the 8 was... This is why I felt like the 9 and the 9 Pro were, were more of an upgrade. It They really kept them in the same tone, and you were really more going towards what type of experience you wanted. If you wanted the you know this 9, a little bit smaller, flat display, you go in with that one, but you got 90% of what the uh, 9 Pro has. And then if you wanted the curve edges and you wanted the faster wireless charging and all of that stuff, you get the, the 9 Pro. But for the most part, the sensor experience was very similar. That was a big approach that I felt like OnePlus did for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bridged the gap between the 9 and the 9 Pro. Um, there's so, a lot especially of... if we're speaking about macro stuff, do you want to see like a practical example of the pixel binning crop zoom of the GN1 mm-hmm. versus a macro shot taken from the half inch 48 megapixel shooter on the Pro Plus? Because I could probably do that. Sure. Too, if you Why want not? To check it out. If we're gonna do this, show and this, tell, this let's me... let's do the let's do the whole show. 
this to me is exactly and kind of what you're describing is again when we discuss nuance and what makes for a good macro photo um there there are going to be pros and cons and it's nice when you have options so like one option would be using an ultra wide and i think hey you know what that's a very practical way Mm -hmm. to get um a photo captured i mean you can see like i'm i'm up close and personal on this tiny little red wildflower you can see all of this little structure, all of the little um, pollen bits and pieces right in the middle. Like, I think that looks pretty cool. However, I do feel like the immediate background, because of the longer depth of field off of the sensor, could be a little distracting. So if I were to back up just a little bit and capture not the exact same field of view, mm-hmm. but a similar field of view from the GN1, um, you can see like, I'm still getting a reasonable, like you can see I'm definitely yeah. using just a touch of clarity, but ho dang, all of the background is gone. <laughs> so ultra wide macro, GN1 macro, ultra wide macro, GN1 macro. So really you kind of need, in, until we have variable aperture, you kind of need the choice because there are going to be some times where you want that longer depth of field, but then there are going to be times where you want to hyper isolate your subject. And then of course, one sensor is going to be better at picking up light. Another sensor is sensor is going to be better for, uh, for clarity and, and focus and detail. I mean, you've got to be able to do both. And, and again, this is one of those things where these quad binning and, and, you know, these Tetra cell and nano cell nine to one pixel bins and four to one pixel bins, can do some really interesting things with sort of re-subsampling all of that pixel data at a, at a two-time zoom. Yep. So you don't lose as much as you would lose from a traditional RGB sensor with larger photo sites because it's doing a different kind of demosaicing mm-hmm. as you zoom in closer. So like this trick doesn't work as well on a Galaxy S21 or on an iPhone, but it works great on a OnePlus 9, on an, an, any of the Ultra, uh, Galaxy well, Ultra had, phones. Yeah, because I think it was, a 50, larger... it was a 50 megapixel ultra wide, wasn't it, on the, on the uh, OnePlus 9? Didn't well, go with the so, or the 40, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but again, if you want to do uh, macro from the ultra wide, OnePlus is the game to beat. The ultra wide on the OnePlus is just second to none. Mm-hmm. But if you want the creamier, shallower depth of field, going over to that 48 megapixel main sensor and cropping into a 2x zoom mm-hmm. does something very similar to what the GN1 and what the, oh, okay. I can't remember what sensors on the Ultra, but the the, the Nanocell mm-hmm. uh, sensor on the S21 Ultra can do too. But but again, that that is a tier of photography above what traditional RGB sensors, the Sony, uh, the uh, Galaxy S21 and S21 Plus, the iPhone 12, iPhone 13, even the iPhone 13 Pro, um, because of those more traditional sub-pixel arrangements, don't do this trick as well when you try to crop in like that. Interesting. It, it, well, I mean, so it, it depends on the, the experience that you get in the hardware that you have. So whichever device that you pick up, uh, like you said, OnePlus for me, I, at least this year, have been heavily focused on camera experience. Hasselblad jumping into the, into the mix. Um, you know, we're seeing them focusing on that experience and not having a T-series is also giving them more time to, you know, incorporate more features that 
you know, they told us that we're going to happen, that we're going to have at the, uh, the launch event. So I'm excited to see more. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the main thing that I'm actually kind of focusing on is, is the ability of actually utilizing that tech. Having all of these bells and whistles on a smartphone, like the X70, the, you know, the Xperia, not the Xperia, like the, the Mi 11 Ultra or the Xperia yeah. Mark III. Uh, those are type of, those are type of devices that you go into knowing what you're expecting to use them for. Um, you don't buy a Lamborghini to drive to the grocery store and just justify the fact that that makes sense. You yeah. should spend your money on what you need and, and make sure you get the power and the horsepower and performance to that level. If you're looking just to browse and take uh, can, you know images every once in a while, a Pixel could be more than functional. A Pixel Five is a very nice smartphone. Um, I was hoping on Monday or uh, when they announced uh, Android 12. By the way, that was the, the other thing on on Monday that happened, which was the announcement of Android 12 released to AOSP, which I feel like got overshadowed by the fact that <laughs> get Facebook and Twitter, not, sorry, it's Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram kind of went down at the same time as Google was announcing it. Um, it, it. It is definitely very interesting to see the type of tech that you have, but pick the device that fits your needs. If you're looking to experiment, if you're looking to, to get into a, a piece of tech or uh, photography, or you're trying to go beyond what a standard device, a smartphone can do, uh, there are options. Sony, Vivo, uh, and LG back in, you know, when LG was there. I, I mean, I, I definitely I, I, I definitely feel like your conversations and my conversations tried to keep up with that. And I think for a number of the people that are in our comments, I think they at least understand oh, some of the perspectives absolutely. that we're trying to share. I think yeah. what's frustrating is the job of reviewers is being diluted, um, diluted. And so it's very casually easy to say, just buy what you need, just buy the thing that fits your needs. But when so much of the media and so much of the sort of on the ground organic conversation Mm -hmm. surrounding these products does such a poor job of representing what those products can do, how is the consumer supposed to know what device really will fit their needs? And I think then that's where you get a lot of consumers that fall back on something familiar, but then they're less inclined to try something new, try something different. They're mm-hmm. not trying to expand their no. repertoire. They're likely receding. I mean, a lot of people are regressing on their smartphone use in, mm-hmm. in ways like trying to you know pull themselves away from social media and, and from some of these more toxic elements. Of, of these conversations and they're less inclined to, to take that Samsung that's already in their pocket and hook it up to a monitor and try out decks. We, we've, we've so watered down tech commentary to this lowest knuckle dragging common denominator idea that I, I mean, again, I, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but to me, it's kind of like you would hate wearing clothes if all of your clothes were the wrong size for you. Absolutely. It's no surprise to me how many people seem vastly underwhelmed with their tech purchases because they're not buying the tech that really does fit what they need. So they'd be more excited about a, a device that does less if they saved a ton of cash. They'd be more excited about a device that does more if they were really looking to accomplish more from their phones. But we're not having those conversations in, in the tech sphere and those conversations aren't percolating through sort of more mainstream media. Instead, mm-hmm. it's what's already going to be popular. If we've got a franchise, you know, like a, fa- a, a famous comic book, we can make a movie about that. But we're not going to go and take a risk on this new IP to shoot a movie about. Oh, well, if we're going to make a story about cell phones, we can make a story about the iPhone 
because we know there's already an entrenched readership or an entrenched viewership for that story. Yeah. So there are so many people out there. I mean, again, some of the people in this crew right now are so much more familiar with like importing Xiaomi and Huawei than even I am. You know, like those types of conversations, they're, they're tackling and handling those. And it's not enough to say, well, smaller review channels can do the long-term follow-ups. And the smaller review channels can talk about Motorola. We've got to start breaking through like this, this tech elitism. Mm-hmm. which is then only really being informed by what will make me the most money based on the YouTube algorithm. It, which all is, all hype say. beast for popularity, but I'll, I'll throw out the, the truisms. You, but, you know, even if you don't like Samsung or Apple, you just buy what you like. You just settle for whatever garbage you want to use, and that's fine. It's fine if you want to use something lesser than Samsung and Apple. That's okay. But we know that they don't really mean it. We know that that's not really the crux of their conversation. We know that that's not really how they go about producing their content. They produce their content by what is the most popular, will act like that's the winner, and will act like everything less popular is lesser than. So it's uh, an iPhone gets a 10, and a Samsung gets a 9, and everything else gets a score below, because those are the two communities of people that we need to keep happy and as it, long as we keep the Sam feed, Apple feeding happy. back into the ecosystem, exactly, it's working the algorithm, uh, and it is a very, it's a very weird conversation. Uh, but speaking of, of, of feeding uh, the algorithm a little bit, and speaking of Samsung and so on, um, I actually got a chance to play with, and not to kind of want to shift the conversation too heavily off of the uh, the cameras and so on, but more into audio a little bit. Um, Ooh, uh, got a chance to play. So I'll say this: I've used recently i've had an opportunity a very very uh very i'm very grateful for the opportunity to be able to play with some qualcomm sound um you know uh, uh, master and dynamic uh earbuds that truly perform at the best that we can get from a wireless experience to date but second to that and because mostly because the other one was just so hard to get it's also expensive um soundcore threw a curveball at me they, they first. I mean, obviously, we knew that the Liberty Two Pros were great. This is basically mm-hmm. 2020. The Liberty Three Pros were announced today, this morning, and actually uh, had an opportunity to play around with them. Hopefully, and if we can get my camera, my camera is just not responding today. Sony is on. Okay, my camera's taking a nap. Z- okay, so I, oh, I feel bad okay. because I oh bad. <laughs> just now that now that we call I, it I, out, I, I, I my, just have my, to put it all the way there, and I'm like, whoa. I, I was I was using a loner ZV1 to kind of produce the whole Sony stream, and yeah. I went in twice to like here. Let me hold this up right in front, and it wouldn't and it track. Would not, no, the and ZV1. I. I yeah, um, I can't. <laughs> I, I remember. Um, it, it, it's just yeah. Sony was just because before we started the show, I was trying to show some, uh, something to Juan, uh, and yeah, the camera was just not focusing. I was like, yeah, like right there. See, it doesn't want to. It does not want it. Like my hand. That was exist happening yet. to me. Um, and now, can we do it? No. Yeah, we're doing. Well, either way. Um, anyway, so, so back the, to the earbuds. <laughs> um. So the the, the the Liberty Three Pros took. All of the things I loved by the uh, about the books. By the way, if you own the original pair of uh, Liberty Two Bro, uh, Pros, um, LDAC was pushed out as an update a few weeks ago with the updated version of the app. So it's not just necessarily getting LDAC, but what I really liked about it is that we get LDAC with 32 bit and 96 kilohertz. So we're jumping over most of what we can typically get out of our smartphone when it comes to audio quality. 
um, of course, with supported uh, devices. And I say that because I had the weirdest situation go on. And, and it's not like I'm trying to harp on Samsung or trying to bring in Samsung in the conversation for, for, uh, for no reason than to make kind of like point out mistakes or something. My Samsung cannot play more than uh, 1644. It won't work. I tried the Master and Dynamic. I paired the, the, the new buds um, directly to my S21 Ultra. And I go into developer settings and I go into the setting option. I cannot pick LDAC in there. And even if I'm able to pick LDAC with the uh, brand new Liberty 2 Pros, the maximum I'm able to get is still 1644. And it then switches back to AAC. So I'm having some weird oh, issues when it comes gross. down to audio. No, but like, but it's a weird thing. You like, you'd expect this S21 not to be in that position because I switch over to the Pixel Five. Uh, I don't know if Josh is still in the chat. Uh, Josh Kinyonis tested it also on the Pixel Five, so I tested it out there. Perfectly fine. Pixel Five can handle it. Soon, everything. How refreshing uh, was that? Because do you remember all those Bluetooth teething, teething pains we used to have oh on my Pixels? God. Yes. It oh my god. It, they wouldn't transfer to my phone. Like, would, I, I mean, wouldn't uh, they wouldn't transfer or... to my car. Yeah, I could, yeah, yeah. I'd have to like repair headsets constantly. Dude, it's actually kind of refreshing. Like, oh, it, here's it this little so... banger, like the Pixel Five, and it, it's just doing it. This it is does great. it, and it, and it, it so um, it, it matches it. It worked great, and I also tried it on the Insider phone from uh, from uh, from Asus just to kind of see that, like a kind of a control group. Right? Now, just, just just to clarify, and and you know, because I I won't be able to run much troubleshooting or anything for you when you're going through the developer settings. What are you seeing from the Samsung? that is detailing that it's falling back to CD quality. So the way I, so what I end up doing is first I go into the Soundcore app and I turn on the LDAC. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a toggle within it. Um, some devices will give you the ability of turning on LDAC in the settings uh, within Bluetooth, but most yeah. of them you're relying on the app. So you need the app to actually sure. switch it on. Um, and the weird thing about it is um, it actually is a switch that turns on in the actual buds themselves. Because when you turn them on to LDAC and I jump from one device to the other, LDAC stays on regardless of what I'm using. So it's almost like a, a an internal switch. The app is just configuring it. Um, so for Sony, it's uh, not Sony, for, for, the, for the Samsung. So I turn it on and then I started listening to music. I'm listening to uh, like master. You know, I've been listening. I've been playing music uh, with the master and dynamic on for my wireless solution for, for weeks now. So I've gotten used to how audio sounds like at that fidelity, where I don't have to boost the audio so much to get the audio to play very well. Um, Samsung, for some reason, I had to boost it all almost 100%. Then I was like, oh, what? this doesn't sound right. Like I'm not getting right. that same level of experience. So I jump over to developer settings and go, go all the way down to the audio experience. And I noticed that the audio codec, even though selected as LDAC, is still showing AAC. And mm. not to say AAC is bad, but I'm just saying it's just not what you're expecting. But- Way less good when you way less good. Oh my god! And yeah. it, it, when you go sixteen forty four, it's different than thirty two ninety six. It's a much different experience. So I turn on LDAC and it stays on. And then I go into the settings. I can't push it beyond sixteen. I know it can go do thirty two. Mm. So that was my first indication. The option isn't uh, available for me to select. And then what I do is I switch back to my music player. I turn on the music and I jump back into developer settings. I'm just doing the gesture to swipe, and then the device switches back to AAC. I turn it back on and it goes back. So something in Samsung software is not allowing it to turn it on. Pixel works perfectly fine. Asus works perfectly fine. Um, I double check with LFA, with Jeff as well from LFA Reviews and he did val- he did validate, but he was testing it on different devices. He didn't test it on Samsung. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to double check with uh, Josh Kinyonis because he also has an S21 Ultra to see how his experience was. But the short answer is, 
I was very surprised that Samsung couldn't handle it. Like at that level of a simple, not allowing LDAC to turn on, not allowing, I mean, it works great with the, with the helm. When I plug in the helm bolt, obviously, since the, the, the processing right. is done externally, it, it can't do anything on it. Um, Which that was refreshing because that used to be the problem with Samsung's was not playing well with USB. With USB, USB DAX, exactly. Hardware. Yeah, like my uh, the Q3 still doesn't work, uh, but the Helm Bolt actually works very nicely. So long story long, very, very impressed with the Liberty 3 Pro. Well, and Gabaletta um, is saying he, he also has issues with Samsung only allowing AAC playback. Yeah, so it, it, there are options very... in the dev settings, but to me that speaks to... Samsung likely trying to reinforce an ecosystem of products, their earbuds. Yeah, I, I was about to only say support. I, I'm pretty sure the, the Samsung earbuds only support AAC, right? Yeah, they, they don't. They, so at best, that that's what they, would, they, they, so yeah. TK. It would be unseemly to have someone else's earbuds sound better than it their be. earbuds. <laughs> it defaults so back all earbuds all must stay at AAC. I mean, but it just, for me, it felt like um, I was so hopeful to be able, like, seriously, um, great battery life. The audio on, on, you know. Oh, we knew they were going to be baller. I'm so happy they didn't. Like I've 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 gone through like your your video I've I've you know been checking out a couple different players, but mostly I, I focused on on you talking about them and Jeff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and, and really the anxiousness was like, what if Soundcore screwed something up? You know, like that, that's, that's where we're at. The, the Liberty two pro are so good. Yeah. Really. The only thing we would have to like talk about is either they exceed the Liberty two pro or they made a tragic mistake. <laughs> like those <laughs> left, are the only it, two it, conversations. They made a left turn at Albuquerque and never made, never been back. <laughs> exactly. One of those, uh, no, no, I honestly, the, if there's one thing I probably would say that I'm, um, I'm a little bit, so th- there's a few things that they added in there that I love. Uh, dual device pairing at the same time works beautifully. Uh, the ability of just literally initiating conversations, like, you know, connecting it to your PC, connecting it to your phone, and you're able to get notifications at the same time as being able to actually listen to music or watch content and work mm-hmm. on your PC. Absolutely great. I connected it to my desktop behind me and they sound as good as they did. Um, now, they don't perform as well because there's no desktop app from Soundcore. So we can't really control and try to finagle some of the audio experience. So 1644 well, is roughly the best we can Windows get. PCs? So dumb when it comes to different Bluetooth options. I, I was trying to talk to um, I think it was it was either Paul or Gary. I think it was mm-hmm. Paul, um, Paul Purry on the Discord. How difficult it was to try and find a Bluetooth transmitter for Windows PCs that could do advanced audio codecs. I, I mean, I was looking at like Hub Audiophile boutique solutions that were like one hundred and fifty dollars to try and send. And then he was like, this isn't going to be like Bluetooth for your computer. You would only be able to use this for audio. (laughs) And you're like, this is mad. This is so crazy. Like how much more advanced our phones have gotten for this as a connection standard. And and Windows is still like, like 10 years ago, it's kind of the same that we've always played. Windows is very notorious when it comes to Bluetooth. And for me, it was more about 
just trying to see how the functionality is. What I loved about it is though every the gestures that we were able to control on them work exactly the way on the PC on the on your smartphone. So double tapping the left takes uh, skips uh, you know uh, skips to the next track. I double tapping on the right stops and pauses music. I can raise and lower the volume of the PC with my earbuds. I was like, mm-hmm. to me again, I was very surprised. But the thing that kind of threw me off, which I was hoping wasn't the case, though, is you can't do two device pairing with LDAC on because of the amount of uh, the the signal strength that they need to uh, perform or you know send uh, transmit the sense. amount of data through, which makes perfect sense. Uh, and you do need to keep that in mind. So in the video, I always I make sure I said, look, you need to set the you need to turn on the the setting for what you're trying to do. If you're in multitasking and you're not necessarily sitting there and wanting to enjoy music, I feel like the non-LDAC uh, option, which essentially is AAC, works best. And you're able to be more multitasking and very easy to jump between things. Um, and I love the fact that we can actually control the devices based on the device list in the app. Like the the yeah. earbuds remember and they transfer that list from one device to the other. So there's a whole bunch of things. Either way, seriously, one of the best currently running for about 150 on special for the next couple of days till the 14th so if if you guys are looking into them please don't skip um the threes are definitely a must uh, especially from an audio enthusiast uh and the level of quality that you're able to get and ease of use the app um anc works great um and even pass-through mode has a specific beta version that does audio uh vocal impl- uh, amplification that allows us to actually listen to voice levels higher than the rest when you're talking and you're having the buds. In. So- I, I've, I've been, I've been dancing around some of those ideas with hearables. So from mm-hmm. the olive union and the new yep. heroes and, and genuinely like I'm shocked that, that we're only just now starting, starting to play, you know? So, I mean like um, on the XM fours, yeah. the you know cup one ear and you can kind of get this this audio pass through and def- it does a pretty a good, good job of but but yeah. that's more about just kind of ambient sound coming in um we already have all the mics we already have all of this like acoustic six modeling. mics we already have six mics it's crazy the amount of mics so on there really isn't anything stopping us except you know we just need to start incorporating this new generation of little mobile mobile soc that's going to go mm-hmm. into these earbuds the ability to process that stuff in real time and use noise reduction for noise that you're hearing in, in a way that's kind of similar to what we do like NVIDIA broadcast software or oh, yeah. any type of advanced noise reduction there is kind of incredible. No, I, I, I love it. Um, I think uh, Michael Peppertech is kind of pointing out a little bit more too is Windows 11 made things even worse. Uh, we have to go into the advanced audio settings in the old control panel and enable higher quality audio for Dolby Atmos, uh, no longer shown yeah. on the bottom right taskbar. That is just, oh, come on, Windows. I mean, and, and Windows just... 10 still kind of makes us do that dance between the new control settings and the old control panel. And Windows I, 11 is still it, like. It's, it's like four generations of Windows just, in one. No, exactly. And but you're still pulling old menus in there. You're like, really? That's the level that that's the UI you decided to skip updating. Yet you like updated everything else and that one tab. Like it's been two generations. Um, I I, well, I see. It all I, I've been I've been swamped getting back into like super in depth nitty gritty camera reviews and stuff. But I mean, like I've been playing Vivo. Also sent their their new like Vivo buds. So I've been playing nice. with these guys also just as like the companions to the X70 Pro Plus. A little jealous about you guys rocking your liberties. <laughs> these are good, um, but I'm a little jealous. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I was, Soundcore. I, 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 I did not think Soundcore or, you know, I did not think Soundcore was going to be able to outperform the twos by so much. 
it's not just the like it's the options, the control level, uh, the switching of the app, the up, uh, you know, like the 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 tap control configuration. They went away from the buttons, which is arguably yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit halfway between button control and touch interface because I feel well, like the, buttons the are thing I liked about tactile. the Liberty yeah. Two buttons is that they weren't on the buttons like that you pushed in. Yeah, it, they were buttons always, that you pushed down. Exactly, and and. Again, even even when they did buttons, they did buttons with a consideration for your ear canal, unlike almost any other um, earbud maker at the time. And so now we're all like just doing like tap casing and stuff like that. Like now no pair of earbuds has buttons on them anymore. But again, it's. There's a difference between a couple, I think, this year, um, I want to say. Oh my God! Which one is it? Amazfit, the Amazfit Buds Pro. Uh, do oh, I haven't it. tried those. And uh, yeah, and, and it's, not, it's not one of the pair they of did them on the actual. Also had. Yeah, yeah. But, but they didn't do it on the top, which is different. They did it on the actual stem. It's like a, a little mm-hmm. clicker on the side. That's what the Vivos do. Yeah. The Vivos have like have like a stroke where it's mm-hmm. like you you kind of I don't know. <laughs> Gently go around. No, 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 no. On, 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 like the stem part, you, you kind of oh, okay. like slide up and down the stem, and you're like, I don't know how I, I don't know that this is the interaction I want to have with my earbuds. I'd like um, to see but, that but, happen when you're running, but yeah, no. But, but again, I feel that there's a difference between a company that makes all kinds of lifestyle electronics and they also make some earbuds, versus a company like Soundcore. Or, or any of these, like, sort of more boutique, like, why I still love my One Mores, why I still, exactly. I still rock my me, um, my me Audio. You know, these companies that are a little bit more focused on just a consumer audio experience. And it's those little considerations. Um, when, I, when I tap One Mores, the interaction and the force of the tap typically isn't forceful enough that I have to, like, jam earbuds into my ears. The TCLs are really good. The S600s, those are very good earbuds. But I feel the activation for the controls on those happens in, in a more deliberate way that does kind of have an impact on my skull. And I don't like their control layout because of the way that I've got to tap and interact with them. It, it, Even it Soundcore getting rid of buttons, it's not just getting rid of buttons and going to tap controls. I would have every expectation that Soundcore has has like designed their tap controls around the biology of interacting with your ear canal mm-hmm. and to minimize how much concussive force is required. The, the, the approach to, like, to it was, um, which is what I was trying to show, I wanted to show you real quick, is these are the, okay, if this thing ever focuses, and, oops, and that's how we break it. Ah, gravity. <laughs> Gravity, it'll always do everything for you. Okay. Anyways, if you could, uh, that is just not going to happen. Anyways, so at this level, you can focus it here. So there are basically sure. the wing tips and the ear mm-hmm. tips that allow us yeah. to have the perfect fit. Um, oh, the yeah. first ones out of the box when I put them in, I, I thought I was doing something wrong. I put them in my ears and they kind of curled backward up and then the earbud comes out by itself. So I was like, what did yeah. I do? But then when you get the right fit, um, the touch sensitivity are actually very minimal. You do not have to like, you're not tapping your finger. You literally just do like, like this very gentle and it gives you the audio. Uh, yeah. Response. This, this, this was the best showdown of, of it was like 2019 where mm-hmm. the, the Liberty, Liberty twos two. and the one more A and C to have and the extra, they were yeah. the, the main ones that had like these, these adjustable wing loops. Um, I want to say and, uh, I love the ones also on the Pixel, uh, the Pixel Bud, not the Pixel Buds, uh, 
the not the wireless ones the one that came with the with the the rope between remember they used to have that little yeah rope i just didn't between. like that open kind of open ear vent oh, no no you know? absolutely so, like you yeah. could you could get them to seat really well for open mm-hmm. ear earbuds but i mean but again yeah i'm 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 with you it's, like, it's the tech yeah i wasn't really of, thought yeah, because yeah. also on the current pixel buds they've got that little nubbin arm i i think that's that a good move really yeah. does push up against the bowl of your ear in a satisfying way and so again i i'm not, i'm, not, I'm so, so happy as well i'm so happy that that you've been rocking with them because they were such a pleasant the the second generation were such a pleasant surprise and and again i'm sure they've probably refined their tuning a little bit i actually haven't updated the firmware on these i need to go and check the app again and just see if i can get oh LDAC absolutely get get ldac and uh, not only but, the app but uh, yeah update the firmware we are but I, I, I gotta say, I mean, they're still my top pick for people that really want some skull rumblers, mm-hmm. um, because the uh, the I thought you know one more was really rich and colorful, and then I got the liberties, and they just they just rock low frequency. It, it's it's they're it's, just it's like still, really yeah, trying to just exactly. Punch you in the gonads with as much bass as earbuds can generate. I, I and I actually to have to like tune and back them off because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's you just so much low end. Definitely, definitely do the tuning, uh, the uh, the hear ID and the EQ settings, uh, so that you're able to get a little bit more about somewhat of a little bit more balanced of an experience. It's still it's still going to be bass heavy. It's not a question. It's yeah. just the way Soundcore does it. Um, that's why I kind of but it's my video. but it's so satisfying because it's not again. I don't like bass that rolls over mids. Like I need articulation on yeah. distortion and on guitars, but there is something really satisfying about how fat that bass is without it just being this kind of farting cloud all exactly. over the rest of the EQ spectrum. Um, I, before my voice totally fails, I do there oh, was yeah, another yeah. audio um, announcement today. Oh, that I thought you would probably I mean, again, this isn't like earth shattering news, but in the world of audio, this is a brand that both of us are are pretty big fans of. Did you catch the announcement on Bear Dynamic? No. Wait, what? Okay. Bear Dynamic is coming out with a new closed back 700 series headphone. Dude, okay. Um, I got. Hold on, let me let me bring it up real quick. I totally so missed it. So I've, I've got I've got there. This oh, isn't a great way to look at it, but if you wanna if you wanna pop my screen, uh, um, yeah, let's do this. Uh, wait, hold on. How do we do? So they, they they're coming out with two different microphones, and then they're coming out with a DT seven hundred Pro X and a oh. DT nine hundred Pro X. And so there's a closed back and an open back, but they've got a broadcast mic, right. a, oh. a large diaphragm condenser mic. And, and why are those white uh, buds? These oh. are the 700 Pros. So oh, it's a refresh man. on the 770s. I mm-hmm. believe the only variant that they're coming out with is kind of low impedance. I want to say it's a 50 ohm oh. headphone. Maybe they'll release <laughs> a higher one later? Um, I don't know. But but this is this is what they're launching with. Um, oh, and yeah, it just looks like kind of a, a, a change up, but definitely of... The um, forty-eight. They, ohms they, they like with that guy's picture uh, wearing them looks very similar to the way uh, the one I have on. Yeah, you could definitely see the, the the design, and it looks like it's a detachable cable. 
that that's one of the big the big improvements is they finally have a, a, a mini connector that plugs in. I like so it. That's that's Dude. kind of a huge upgrade for a pair of headphones that have existed for like twenty Ever. years. Completely. Yeah, I was going to say the DT seven seventies have been out for so long. Um, so I just thought you get a kick out of that because I, we I both de- have seven yeah, seventies. I I definitely want to check that out. The DT seven hundred, uh, the seven hundred Pro X features. Th- does it mention when it's available, or did it just just the announcement? I today? don't know. Not yet. I'll have to look. Um, I'll have to look. Bear Dynamic DT seven seven the C seven hundred Pro X. Okay. Yeah. No, I gotta check it out, dude. I what happened is I, um there was a um what is it called. So I, I, there was a little bit of a mix-up between uh, my, myself and the PR folks over at uh, for Soundcore. I thought mm-hmm. the, the email to me was specifically saying something to the effect of announcements today, videos go out tomorrow. Um, and I think it, at the time, <laughs> it, was, it was something to do with the availability on Amazon because they were primarily listing it on Amazon. Um, and apparently the hardware showed up ahead of time, which is the, why you saw most videos drop today. So I kind of reached back up and I'm like, is there a waived released kind of thing? Am I on wave two or whatever? And they're like, no, no, so just availability hardware, please. You can post your video. But I didn't shoot the video for today. I actually, my my understanding was going to be for tomorrow. So I had another video that was supposed to go up today on uh, the S Pen Pro. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, anyways, so I was a little bit late and I missed literally the half of the internet but uh, between me shooting the video, editing it, posting it, and of course, day job stuff in between everything kind of going up. But um, speaking of pens, you got a chance to play with a pen this week. I mean, obviously not this one. That <laughs> is, is is similar was, to the way... That was the best, best segue ever. That was, I, was right I, on point. It's, it's all there. Works perfectly great. But no, seriously, uh, your pen shows up again. Your accessory seems to always show up way ahead of your hardware. I love it. Yeah. That's how Microsoft does it. I think last year we had the, uh, what's it called? The adapter? The um, the audio oh, adapter. The audio adapter this year. Okay, so from this far, roughly, they look very, oh, no, wait, they look a little bit different. The tip is different, but definitely look very similar. Yeah, finer point tip, and then mm-hmm. the new one has uh, the button on the nice. side versus the button on the edge. Yeah, so I I, I played with the one on your so. on your right last time when you when you let me borrow the the yes. duo so um definitely so I, know I how have it feels the new slim pen um i don't have a duo too to use it on <laughs> but i did have to shoot a little short just because it was i was so happy that they're using the exact same um technology so it's a wacom whatever you call digitizer digitizer okay so there are going to be a bunch of advanced features that are supported on the Slim Pen 2 that won't be supported on the Slim Pen 1, especially the, the haptics and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm probably not even going to be able to play with that on a Duo 2. Um, but I was happy to see that the Slim Pen 2 is backwards compatible with mm-hmm. the Duo 1. And I just feel like that's probably a lesson that some other nameless company who makes, you know, different generations of, pencil like styluses they could probably figure some of this stuff out I mean, if they just wanted to copy microsoft they'd probably be a lot more successful with like i know, I, I feel like um backwards not not to take too much of you know away from from microsoft and so on i truly feel like samsung is confused in what the s pen needs to be or what the s pen is um <laughs> i understand and i i can understand and appreciate what the pro 
uh, S Pen is and what it, it's going to mm-hmm. do and what it tries to do. Um, but I feel like it's a tough choice. It's a tough choice for somebody that's buying a device that wants to get a S Pen as like an S21 Ultra or let's say the Note 20 Ultra, Note 20, uh, and then or even the uh, the Galaxy Fold. They do sell S Pens that work for them and they do the job. This is mm-hmm. the first time where we have an S Pen that actually mimics a Note functionality on a smartphone. This is the biggest difference in this, it, that it actually performs as if it's a, uh, you know, what I mean by this is basically the magic uh, effects, you know, zooming in, scribbling to take yeah. screenshot, uh, switching lenses, uh, switching between apps and so on. All of those work and they work perfectly fine and it works on the fold, but it's a hundred dollars that you'd have to think about on top of buying the phone or the fold yeah. that's already at 1200 Well, I mean, uh, same with the Slim Pen, too. And Microsoft is not giving us as many fun things to do with a stylus as Samsung is. I, I mean, like, I, I feel like Samsung's problem is kind of old-school Samsung, where it's mm-hmm. an everything-in-the-kitchen-sink approach to what could a stylus be. And so they start incorporating, you know, wireless data connections, and they start incorporating different types of pressure and tilt sensitivity then they've got to redesign some of that stuff because they're going to start interacting with a really fragile plastic screen Mm -hmm. i can kind of forgive samsung and it just it felt like such poison in my mouth saying that that i could kind of forgive samsung on that but i have a much harder time with apple and the pencil not because they went from a generation one to a generation two it's that they're still putting out new products today that only support the older generation pencil. And that to me is the kind of consumer fleecing that's like Apple really trying to wring out and and cynically trying to wring out as much money from their customers as they can Mm -hmm. because they might not know, oh, this is, I, I might get this iPad and then I need to buy this version of the pencil for it when that might have motivated them to buy a different version of the iPad and hope that the Pencil 2 would be a longer-lived accessory for the next iPad that they would consider buying. So now you get this iPad today, and it's got support for Pencil Gen 1, and now Apple knows no matter what you do, if you like the Pencil, the next iPad you buy, you're also going to need to buy another pencil because it doesn't support the older stuff and that's the kind of stuff that really pisses me off i mean it's 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 not only bad design but it also feels kind of um consumer exploitive absolutely i think one of the biggest things we also can attribute to that is the lightning port it it is absolutely not in any way shape or form needed USB 2.0 speeds on it. It is a scourge. It is absolutely. They're holding it down. They're holding it very hard. And I mean, at some point, I actually think they're already going to have to change USB-C because of the the EU. But I'm hoping that it ends up becoming USB-C across, not just say, well, only the iPhones we sell in Europe will have USB-C and everywhere else we're going to stick to lightning. No, in fact, TK, I feel like the the Apple move is to make sure that because I don't believe gadget manufacturers have to act on that for the next two years. Yeah. And so that's plenty of time for Apple. You know, when we're talking about... You invent USB-C you know, on, on an iPhone? No, no, no. S- completely sidestepping USB-C and going to the portless, completely sealed up iPhone. Oh, my God. So they'll, they'll completely circumvent. We don't have any plug. No charger, on in the, no charger in the box and no port in the box. So no and more if you want to utilize like charging, now you need to buy mag and you need to have your plates. And 
we're going to make sure that you buy even more stuff and make even more e-waste and, and waste even more packaging yep. and with much more expensive products that are going to be much more difficult to deal with out and about. But we won't need to put a USB-C port on the iPhone because if we follow the letter of the law in the EU, well, there's just no port. On the iPhone, I think I really feel strongly Apple is going to try and make in, that in two years. We'll have a portless iPhone, and uh, you know, and they'll be like, "Well, we didn't have to mute it. We we're good. All of our stuff are you know, older stuff are older stuff. New stuff is just no more ports." It would be interesting. I think Vivo wasn't Vivo one of the first companies to put out like a concept phone that was portless. Was it one of one of one of BBK's sub brands? I remember maybe a couple years ago. I, I I know what you're talking about. I honestly don't remember. Was it the one that had the crazy like all the way waterfall wraparound? Yeah, uh, screens. Was it was it or was glass like all the way around like 360? Yeah, and was it? Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm trying to pull it here. I don't know why. Oh, it's not Meizu. I don't think it was a Meizu. It was a different brand. I forgot the name. I want to say it was a Vivo. Uh, I now I'm like having to Google everything. Vivo, Vivo, do do do. Not the Vision Beyond. Uh, hold on, where is it? Oh, it Xiaomi. That? Oh, it was Xiaomi. Well, Xiaomi had one. Oh, you mean like a Mi Mix or something? Yeah, hold Let's on. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, the Alpha. This is the Alpha from, uh, I want to say this is the Sony, uh, not Sony, the uh, the Mi Alpha, the Mi 10 Alpha from uh, 2020. Oh, the rest of this article is useless. This is These are the two concepts shots that Xiaomi really put out. Yeah. So the, the concepts were there, but I think when, they, when it was finally released, it did have ports at the bottom. Uh, it, it was closer to that last picture that you were showing where it was uh, a little bit. But either either way, what I'm trying to say is we've seen it before. Motorola just uh, there was an article on XCA not that long ago talking about Motorola and truly like distance wireless mm-hmm. charging like this is like if you remember always seeing those uh, demonstration rooms at CES back in the day you go in the there and they're trying going to, hard on that stuff for a while and they were charging you across the room so um long story long the hope is that obviously we get to the technology where we do not need to have our devices have ports and that you could do wireless charging to a certain extent and still benefit from I, I mean, I, I feel like gadget manufacturers are going to lean on consumers. The only thing you use your port for is charging your phone. And fine. And listen to audio and transfer data. But yeah. <laughs> But but again, for people like me, I'm going to get real cranky because I transfer data. And, and you're going to tell me you've got a portless iPhone, and then you're also going to try and sell me on ProRes. And, and like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to want to play this game. The, the, rate, the, the transfer rate alone is could be uh, one of the biggest deterrents to most creators. It's the ability of basically saying, like, oh, yeah, I can shoot all the content I want. I can try to do everything. But then when it comes down to transferring it to my phone, I'm going to be running it at USB 2. This is like when uh, Samsung was running. Um, what's it <laughs> well, called? Well, no, Sebastian kind of nailed it. You know, like, yeah, we're all just sitting here doing ProRes over AirDrop. Um, <laughs> so I... It, ProRes and you know ProRes. That's all I say. It's not it's, it's not the gig, but I feel like phone manufacturers are going to do the same thing that they've done with every other thing we've uh, lost. 
yeah, consumers don't really swap their batteries. Consumers are more interested in Bluetooth audio. Consumers don't care about all of these other features. When was the last time your grandmother used a memory card? And and that's what they're going to do with USB-C. Okay. Uh, Apple's think... going to do it. They're going to make a whole bunch of money selling tons of accessories uh, because you're going to have a super cycle of people trying to hype train this new iPhone. And then Samsung will copy them a year later, and then everyone else will fall in line. And and um, really, so I mean, like if we like features on our phones and we like the ability to like transfer data, plug in accessories, utilize advanced networking and desktop mode style solutions, um, I think we've got about three years left with uh, high speed USB C. Except for, of course, like out there niche or boutique kinds of devices but we know samsung will will be super thirst trap trying to copy anything apple does there absolutely and and by the way i think we we finally got it i I forgot who it was um i think it was rp that mentioned that it was the vivo the the vivo apex so it was the oh the apex yeah i mean i'm gonna look that up too share screen let's see if we can pop it to so oh yeah, I the Apex. That. So I remember. So yeah. I knew it was a Vivo mostly because I was like, it makes sense. Vivo is the company that always likes to push and come out with concepts and so on. It was a concept for for sure, uh, and it was portless. Uh, it was 2019. It was about a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it, it, they stopped after this, but it, it was one of those. Uh, you know, like, hey, let's do something unique. Let's try it out. And I think a lot of people did try it, and they said the world wasn't ready for uh, portless smartphones, or, uh, or you know, we we needed wires and we needed. I mean, the, I, and and the thing that'll bug me is it's not a question of being ready or not. It's it's a it's a functionality thing, and so you know we don't have flip cams anymore. You know, you remember the just big red button shoots video, and it looked mm-hmm. like a a rectangular puck because our phones can kind of replicate some of that functionality. I, I, I'm just going to be increasingly cranky as we keep talking about all the more power and features and, and compute and GPU and functionality that we need every generation. And then every generation also like taking away those accessibility and connectivity features that matter to getting all the power out of the phone. I just kind of feel like, you know, and this isn't just specific to Apple. I feel like the entire smartphone industry just needs to take a year off. (laughs) Take, I, I, seriously yeah uh 2022 keep selling the same phones that you made this year and i don't think they would skip a beat i think the world will continue working exactly (laughs) and pushing the capabilities uh i i I think let's just say this um tech is is a it's like a weird it's just we're we're getting to the point where i think we are beyond what we need on the hardware side like way beyond what we need uh, I'm not. I'm not going to argue the fact that there are some benefits. There'll be some minute improvements here and there, but at the end of the day, I think the 870 or the 865 Plus could have easily carried us to 2020, uh, 2021 mm-hmm. without even missing anything. Nothing wrong with the, sure. tri- you know, the triple ISP so on, but I feel like we're still seeing 870s. We're still seeing you know it's, um, quite a bit of 870 devices releasing even oh, later. Real in the quick, year. we got to say good night to Aditya. Oh, so. dude, good night. I hope you have a good. Well, I guess night, not man. good night to him. It's good night oh. for us. He's he's getting started with his day. 
Oh, that's right. But it is also, I was yeah. going to, so I anyway. was about to say roughly around the time where we were also kind of, we should start kind of wrapping up as well. I promised uh, Juan before the show, we were not going to stress his voice too long shooting for an hour and it is an hour and 35 minutes. Five minutes. I am super bad. We at had that. a lot to talk about. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's hard to kind of encompass uh, any conversation generally in just like a couple of words and then move on. This isn't a short. Can you imagine if we did this show in a short format? Like, hi, you, yes, me, yeah, uh, Vivo, plus X2, you know, and then 60 seconds later, <laughs> that's how we do it. Ding. <laughs> Can you do the life, the best of our week shorts coming to you in... Um, I want. I do want to say first and foremost, obviously, thank you for for joining uh, because I know you uh, you've been stressing yourself actually quite a bit uh, recently, especially with the um, your voice and with a lot of stuff going on. Again, video maker, great great show. Um, I know from your end, it felt like a little may have been um, like you know you felt like sort of the the medications were maybe kicking a little bit more. Honestly, it was engaging on our side. It was great to see, and even when and even when things didn't go as planned as live stuff typically does, kind of do. Um, bounce back was really nice, and honestly, uh, it was a nice angle to see the gadget lab. Really, like I, I don't think you've shot video in that angle before, um, showcasing that level. And you know, we get to see a lot of the background, uh, you know, with the the bookshelf and stuff. So I enjoyed it. I know Aditya and everybody was uh, with us as well, uh, hanging out there. And I think it was Gabriela in there uh, threw in a question. I think that uh, the the host was having a little bit of a hard time, but either way, um. I think it's it's a good time for us to kind of like bring it in. Um, we had a lot of good stuff going on uh, this week, and I'm hoping next week we'll have even more cool things to to push out. I am going to be pushing out a video on the S Pen Plus, uh, the the S Pen Pro from Samsung, mm-hmm. um, but it, I'm going to try to focus a little bit more about how does this actually work with every device that Samsung makes that is support an S Pen, because I think a lot of people think of it as purely as an as a as a fold accessory. Uh, it's intended to be a pro. It's a pro, and um, a pro should be able to do more than a standard S Pen. So we'll we'll be putting that to the test in the video. Um, for you, are you pushing out any more videos this week, or are you focusing on uh, just working um, on the camera set, uh, setup? Or the I, camera I, I knocked out a little short that's going to be going up tomorrow, just mm-hmm. so that I can focus more on. I, and tomorrow, I'm going to try and get the camera review recorded, which nice. means I'll probably be editing through tuesday to put that much video together and then immediately after that i also need to finish the audio deep dive talking about the speaker performance and the headphone performance and then also the earbuds that come with the x70s so those are gonna be two monster videos for me to put together and the the full version of the camera deep dive and the full version of the audio deep dive are going to be Patreon exclusives. Uh, I'm going to try and do the I'm going to try and do the cut down of just the conclusions, mm-hmm. um, the the camera conclusion for broadcast uh, on YouTube. So the public version of that will be much much shorter, but um, we'll still have kind of the nuts and bolts of my findings. If you want to see all of the granular photo samples and video samples and the different modes and some of the comparisons, that's going to be that's going to be a Patreon exclusive. I and as it should be, the amount of work put in there, I think you, you definitely want to do that. And uh, I think it, it's it's nice; people will enjoy it. Um, and also, I think typically your your uh, Patreon only uh, content is also the four four K quality. 
right? Or don't you do yeah. like 1080 for YouTube and 4K for Patreon? So it'll also be that's what you want, obviously, mm -hmm. the higher quality for the for those images, and so on. Okay, so it's a very very good. I'm I'm working on a I'm working on a video for Monday that I can't talk about yet, but uh, I'll be spending most of the rest of the week doing that. So tomorrow's video for the S Pen. Um, it'll be going out on both the English and the Arabic channel. I feel like the Arabic uh, community may also want to learn about it. Um, and then uh, I think Monday's video is going to be interesting for a lot of people. So uh, with that being said, and then two weeks uh, and we're going to be neck deep in pixel. Ah, man, I, I can't wait. The 19th can't come here soon enough. Um, and um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked. That's the date I'm setting myself up for. October 19th has never looked this good uh, leading into what I would leave, at least for me, you know, like with Halloween and the fall and imagery, uh, photography is going to be like, especially seasonal photography. This is going to be the time to start Yo. looking at things like that. So um, I do want to say thank you very much for everybody hanging out with us in the chat. Steve, uh, Michael, uh, Sebastian, um, of course, Gabby Letta in there, uh, Aditya, RP, uh, Doodle Zenos, uh, Infopinion. I keep saying that wrong. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then, of course, uh, Luca, <laughs> RP, and, um, I think Gary the Fireman, um, I think I will say Luca again, Aditya. I think I, I got everybody. Oh, and then, of course, Greg as well. Um, be good to yourself. Stay well and hope you guys uh, enjoyed the show. We'll be back, obviously, next week for another episode of Best of Our Week. Don't forget to catch myself on Saturday morning with Tech on Saturday. And, of course, the SGGQA will be back um, on Monday morning, hopefully, with Juan Carlos yourself, Mr. Batman himself, uh, for another show. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Bam.